It's June the 26th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. Here we are, 26th day of June, not quite to the halfway point, but we can see it, and it's not that far away. So glad that you have joined us. I had a note that a, a friend put on one of the Facebook postings earlier. Thank you, Ray, for your daily stick to it iveness and dedication in your daily readings of the Holy Bible. May Christ in heaven keep your voice strong and your mind sharp as you take us from Genesis to Revelation. God is good. You know, both parts of that prayer are important to keep my voice strong and to keep my mind sharp. Some days it's my voice that needs help. Some days it's my mind. Doesn't matter. Really do appreciate your prayers. And my friend here says, your stick to it iveness, uh, stick to it ivity, whatever that is. Thank you so much for praying. And thank you for joining with us. It's been a lot of fun to do this. Now, today we're in 2 Chronicles 20, 21, and 22. And in chapter 20, as I mentioned yesterday, this is the high point of Jehoshaphat's of faith, the high point of his reign as king of Judah. And he was not a perfect man. We've already seen that, and we're going to see it again right after this. But the peak of his faith is very high indeed. It comes at a moment of national crisis. Let's begin to read, and we'll see how it happened. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, together with some of the Munites, came to fight against Jehoshaphat. People came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast number from beyond the Dead Sea and from Edom, has come to fight against you. They are already at Hazazon Tamar, that is in Gedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he resolved to seek the Lord. Then he proclaimed a fast for all Judah, who gathered to seek the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the Lord's temple before the new courtyard. He said, Lord God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule? Over all the kingdoms of the nations, power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. Are you not our God, who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and who gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in the land and have built you a sanctuary in it by your name, and have said, if disaster comes on us, sword or judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and before you. For your name is in this temple. We will cry out to you because of our distress, and you will hear and deliver. Now, hear the Ammonites, Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir. You did not let Israel invade them when Israel came out of the land of Egypt, but Israel turned away from them and did not destroy them. Look how they repay us by continuing to drive us out of your possession that you gave us as an inheritance. Oh God, will you not judge them? for we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their dependents, their wives and their children. In the middle of the congregation, the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mathaniah, a Levite from Asaph's descendants. And he said, listen carefully, all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number, for the battle is not yours but God. Tomorrow, go down against them. You will see them coming up the ascent of Ziz. 
and you will find them at the end of the valley facing the wilderness of Jeruel. You do not have to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Tomorrow, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Then Jehoshaphat, fat knelt low with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord to worship him. Then the Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel, shouting loudly. In the morning, they got up early and went out and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. As they were about to go out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Then he consulted with the people and appointed some to sing for the Lord and some to praise the splendor of his holiness. When they went out in front of the armed forces, they kept singing, Give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endures forever. The moment they began their shouts and praises, the Lord set an ambush against the Ammonites, Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir, who came to fight against Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites turned against the inhabitants of Mount Seir and completely annihilated them. When they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy each other. When Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked for the large army, but there were only corpses lying on the ground. Nobody had escaped. Then Jehoshaphat and his people went to gather the plunder. They found among them an abundance of good on the bodies and valuable items, so they stripped them until nobody could carry any more. They were gathering the plunder for three days because there was so much. They assembled in the valley of Barakah on the fourth day, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, that place is still called the Valley of Barakah today. Then all the men of Judah and Jerusalem turned back with Jehoshaphat, their leader, returning joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord enabled them to rejoice over their enemies. So they came into Jerusalem to the Lord's temple with harps, lyres, and trumpets. The terror of God was on all the kingdoms of the land. When they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, then Jehoshaphat's kingdom was quiet, for his God gave him rest on every side. Jehoshaphat became king over Judah, he was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azubah, daughter of Shilhai. He walked in the ways of Asa, his father. He did not turn away from it, but did what was right in the Lord's sight. However, the high places were not taken away. The people had not yet set their hearts on the God of their ancestors. The rest of the events of Jehoshaphat's reign, from beginning to end, are written in the events of Jehu, son of Hanani which is recorded in the book of Israel's kings. After this, Judah's king Jehoshaphat made an alliance with Israel's king Ahaziah, who was guilty of wrongdoing. Jehoshaphat formed an alliance with him to make ships to go down to Tarshish, and they made the ships in Ezion Geber. Then Eleazar, son of Dodavahu of Merishah, prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you formed an alliance with Ahaziah, the Lord has broken up which you have made. So the ships were wrecked and were not able to go to Tarshish. First, Second Chronicles chapter 21. Jehoshaphat rested with his ancestors and was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. His son Jehoram became king in his place. He had brothers, sons of Jehoshaphat, Azariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azariah, Michael, and Shephatiah. All these were the sons of King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Their father had given them many gifts of silver, gold, and valuable things. 
along with fortified cities in Judah. But he gave the kingdom to Jehoram because he was the firstborn. When Jehoram had established himself over his father's kingdom, he strengthened his position by killing with the sword all his brothers, as well as some of the princes of Israel. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king. He reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, as the house of Ahab had done, for Ahab's daughter was his wife. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight. But for the sake of the covenant the Lord had made with David, he was unwilling to destroy the house of David, since the Lord had promised to give a lamp to David and to his sons forever. During Jehoram's reign, Edom rebelled against Judah's control and appointed their own king. So Jehoram crossed into Edom with his commanders and all his chariots. Then at night he set out to attack the Edomites who had surrounded him and the chariot commanders. And now Edom is still in rebellion against Judah's control today. Libna also rebelled at that time against his control because he had abandoned the Lord, the God of his ancestors. Jehoram also built high places in the hills of Judah, and he caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to prostitute themselves, and he led Judah astray. Then a letter came to Jehoram from the prophet Elijah, saying, This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says, Because you have not walked in the ways of your father Jehoshaphat or in the ways of King Asa of Judah, but have walked in the ways of the kings of Israel, have caused Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to prostitute themselves, like the house of Ahab prostituted itself, and also have killed your brothers, your father's family, who were better than you. The Lord is now about to strike your people, your sons, your wives, and all your possessions with a horrible affliction. You yourself will be struck with many illnesses, including a disease of the intestines, until your intestines come out day after day because of the disease. The Lord roused the spirit of the Philistines and the Arabs who lived near the Cushites to attack Jehoram. So they went to war against Judah and invaded it. They carried off all the possessions found in the king's palace and also his sons and wives. Not a son was left to him except Jehoahaz, his youngest son. After all these things, the Lord inflicted, afflicted him in his intestines with an incurable disease. This continued day after day until two full years passed. Then his intestines came out because of his disease, and he died from severe illnesses. But his people did not hold a fire in his honor like the fire in honor of his predecessors. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king. He reigned eight years in Jerusalem. He died to no one's regret and was buried in the city of David, but not in the tombs of the kings. Second Chronicles 22. Then the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Ahaziah, his youngest son, king in his place, because the troops that had come with the Arabs to the camp had killed all the older sons. So Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, became king of Judah. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, granddaughter of Omri. He walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother gave him evil advice. So he did what was evil in the Lord's sight, like the house of Ahab, for they were his advisors after the death of his fathers to his destruction. He also followed their advice and went against Joram, son of Israel's king Ahab, to fight against King Hazael of Aram in Ramoth-Gilead. The Arameans wounded Joram, so he returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds they inflicted on him in Ramoth-Gilead when he fought against King Hazael of Aram. Then Judah's king Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, went down to Jezreel to visit Joram, son of Ahab, since Joram was ill. Ahaziah's downfall came from God when he went to Joram. When Ahaziah arrived, 
who went out with Joram to meet Jehu, son of Nimshi, whom the Lord had anointed to destroy the house of Ahab. So when Jehu executed judgment on the house of Ahab, he found the rulers of Judah and the sons of Ahaziah's brothers who were serving Ahaziah, and he killed them. Then Jehu looked for Ahaziah, and Jehu's soldiers captured him. He was hiding in Samaria. So they brought Ahaziah to Jehu, and they killed him. The soldiers buried him, for they said, He is the grandson of Jehoshaphat, who sought the Lord with all his heart. So no one from the house of Ahaziah had the strength to rule the kingdom. When Athaliah, Ahaziah's mother, saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to annihilate all the royal heirs of the house of Judah. Jehoshabeth, the king's daughter, rescued Joash, son of Ahaziah, from the king's sons who were being killed and put him in the one who nursed him in a bedroom. Now, Jehoshabeth was the daughter of King Jehoram and the wife of the priest Jehoiada. Since she was Ahaziah's sister, she hid Joash from Athaliah so that she did not kill him. He was hiding with them in God's temple for six years while Athaliah reigned over the land. It's just gone from bad to worse. Bad to worse is Athaliah. What an evil, what an evil woman she was. But we've talked about her before. Let me comment here on Jehoshaphat. When the Ammonites came, the bad guys came. The Moabites came. Vast army coming from the southeast, coming up against Jerusalem. Jehoshaphat decided the only thing he could do was to gather to seek the Lord. So he called for a fast, had all the people come together. He prayed that marvelous prayer. Look, if you want to know how to pray when the trouble has come around you, when the bad guys are surrounding you, you ought to read Second Chronicles 20. I ought to read it, maybe memorize this prayer. He starts by reminding God, are you not the God of Israel? Are you not the ruler? Lord, don't you hold the nations in your hands? And then he reminds the Lord. He recites God's promises and God's history. And then he says, now we got the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir. We were kind to them, and they repay us with treachery. And then he says, he comes to the bottom of that line of it. Oh, God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. He's not kidding. He's not kidding. The men of Judah could not. They couldn't win a fight against this vast army. And this last line ought to, ought, to, ought to tattoo it on your soul. It's a good prayer to pray. Lord, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. When you, when you, when you put yourself in that situation, what I mean is, in a desperate time, when you cry out to God, you know, it's a good thing. The Bible says it's a good thing to be afflicted, that we might learn to trust in the Lord. It's a good thing to be afflicted if it, if it, if it breaks our self-confidence. If it, it, anything that drives us to our knees is ultimately for our own benefit. It's a wonderful thing spiritually to say, Lord, we don't know what to do. We have no answers here, but our eyes are on you. So, Lord, we thank you for bringing us again and again to the place of utter helplessness so that we might learn to trust in you. Grant us that spirit today to trust in you. Lord, even for today, we do not know what to do. We don't, but our eyes are upon you. 
in that spirit, let us go out and say, Lord, this day belongs to you. We don't know what's coming, but our eyes are upon you. If you'll keep your eyes on the Lord today, he will lead you through. And if you need help, you'll get help. If you need a miracle, you'll get a miracle. If you need guidance, you'll get guidance. If you need faith or hope or love, whatever it is you need, God's going to give it to you. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Go out, keep your eyes on the Lord. Have a great day. Come back tomorrow. There's more to come in this amazing book of Second Chronicles. See you then.